ahead. Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up the world, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge for a fresh new start. They never will bring you there So let's talk about it When life and on the air Good morning everyone, this is Fran Lewis This is MJ Network And it's beautiful outside And we're going to talk about Questions for the Golden Girl Moira Walsh was a stellar cop Or was she? We'll find out more Why people thought that she was the golden girl, or wasn't she? We have the author here, Dana Perry, a.k.a. Dick Belsky. Good morning, and welcome to MJ Network again. Glad to have you. Uh, hello, Fran. Good, always good to be back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, this, this was an interesting one. How, the Creating the prologue would set the stage for the events that follow. Moira Walsh, I don't know if this is typical, left her car, a police car, to meet someone, but we don't know who or why. So we follow her footsteps and leading us to believe that she was corrupt. How did you decide on this and she gets killed <laughs> right then and there? Well, so let, let me just do right a off. quick. Uh, <laughs> let me just do a quick overview first for people who, because uh, you know, yeah. a lot of people, even people who follow me, get a little confused. Uh, so I was on here just a few weeks ago talking about my new book, R.G. Belsky, the uh, the last scoop that I write in the Claire Carlson series. And those those are written under my name, and uh, what this is is another series that um, I started. Uh, the first one came out last November, and this one involves another media character named Jesse Tucker, and uh, uh, and I write these under the name of Dana Perry so uh, it's different name and different author and different character but you know I'm, I'm, I'm still doing them um, yeah and uh, uh, yeah so the premise around this one which is uh, kind of like an age old premise that I've always you know like been fascinated by in books TV shows movies or in real life is uh, you know a police officer a woman police officer in this case because that's much more unusual is uh, is found gunned down in the streets of New York City, and uh, you know it's it's on the face of it it's a terrible tragedy and uh, uh, she's a hero cop and all that and then uh, as you begin peeling away the layers of the of the the, the woman police officer Maura Walsh uh, you you find all sorts of interesting things and questions and uh, this is added to by the fact that she's the daughter of a very high-ranking police official she comes from a respected police family but then as you begin digging into it you re- you begin to realize that she might have been up been involved in some not not so uh, uh some despicable kind of activities uh and some corruption and uh and the question of course is did that and even if it was even if she turned out she was a corrupt cop and had done bad things is that why she she was killed? And that's basically what uh, my character Jesse Tucker spends the whole book trying to trying to sort out. Because there's there's multiple questions here, which is, you know, mm-hmm. what is the truth about Maura Walsh? And number two, did it have anything to do with the death? Because you know, a, a police officer can be killed on the streets for no reason. Uh, but um, you know, in a novel, it's always better, obviously, when there's when there's a complex reason. And and so that's what Jesse's trying to find out. 
I know I like Jessie. She's so much like me. It's frightening. No, seriously. She's more like me than Claire. But she's not going to give up until she gets the answers. And it doesn't matter who she has to step on, which is really good. That makes me well, think Jessie. Well, I think if I were to compare the two, I think Jessie mm-hmm. is a little nicer than Claire, too. Because I like the Claire character, mm-hmm. but the Claire character is very edgy and very in your face. Yeah. Um, and Jessie can be, too, but I think, I think, I think Jessie is uh, um, you know, and we've talked about this before, but, you know, it's the obvious yeah. question. You know, how much is Jessie like Claire? Well, I think they're they're alike. I think they're alike. I think they're alike a lot journalistically in the sense that they're all mm-hmm. oh, they're both trying to get the story, but I think they're different in terms of their uh, personality. They are, but I still like her. So yeah, you made I a, do too. Yeah, you made a comment. The summertime is dangerous, people. There are more murders. How come there are more yeah. murders in the summertime and well, people get I upset? I don't. You know, Seriously. I I I I um. Well, there's some obvious reasons. I I started the book off with that premise. I think the I don't know in front of me, but I think the first line is something like, "All so many big crimes in New York City always seem to happen in the summertime," and I you know and I went through. I mean, obviously, Son of Sam was the summer of Sam. Uh, uh, There was the preppy murder case where uh, a young girl was murdered in Central Park. And and that became a you know sensational story, and that was in the summertime, uh, and there and there and there have been and there have been other cases like that, and and in 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 a fictional sense, Jesse Tucker, when she had been attacked in the first book, that also happened in the summer, and I I, I think it's just you know the the premise of the long hot summer, uh, uh, people are out. People are outside more, you know. They're they're out of their houses, yeah. so there's more chance for things to happen. Uh, you know, the the heat tends to uh, uh, get people's tempers going, whereas cold, cold, mm-hmm. just trying to get inside, you know. Uh, and I, you know, I went back and uh, and I read a a number of uh, pieces that had been written about that, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 yes, there does seem to be always like there. There is a lot of crime in the in the summer, and um, you know, and I think all those play a role. But I'm not talking. I mean, you know, when I'm talking about a lot of crime, I mean, I'm not talking about street crime like some guy gets mad at some other guy because you know he he parks his car in the wrong place or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in this case, I'm talking about big crimes, and it it I just I want I just wanted to set up this tone that you know when you have a big crime, a la Son of Sam, Summer of Sam. Uh, it, it 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 sort of seems like they happen in the summer. Now that that isn't always the case. Others haven't. But uh, for the purposes of the book, I I I um, I, I really um, I really focused a lot on the on the summer. And even all the way to the end of the book, it's all about how the summer does kind of strange things to people and a lot of a lot of you know crazy you know crimes uh, seem to happen in the summertime. You should walk around my neighborhood. Everybody's cranky. And complaining. <laughs> Nobody smiles anymore. It's really sad. I went. I finally got yet. into. A, it's. I know. And I, I went into a, a supermarket that normally has a thousand people online, and they said, you know, we have would have reserved whatever at eight o'clock in the morning. I go. I may not be old enough, but they didn't even know the difference. They. I just <laughs> in and out. I said, finally got my my sauce. Well, everybody's cranky and nasty too. So. She decided, Jesse, when she gets a bug, you know, she gets a bug, um, she wanted to do Moira's story, and there was no worry that she was not going to get the story. So Danny is a pain in the neck. Why does he give her a hard time when she makes him look good? I'm sorry, when who makes him look good? 
Jesse makes Oh Danny, oh good. Danny, oh Danny, oh Danny, I'm sorry, her editor, yeah. Yeah, so Danny Knowlton is a, an ambitious young editor she uh, works for. I don't, I don't know that he gives her a hard time. I mean, it's more like he's, he's, he wants, she has just gone through a big emotional story. Yeah. And, and it's been big for her, but it's also been big for Danny Knowlton because he gets, you know, a lot of the acclaim because he's mm-hmm. her editor. So she's kind of, you know, his golden goose or whatever. So she, and she makes a line very early on, Danny is very worried about my well-being, not because he's a great human being, because he's an editor, you know, and editors aren't really great human beings. It's it's a very practical thing, and he, he just feels that he doesn't want to plunge her back into this. And then the other part of it is he doesn't necessarily think that Moore Walsh is a story. Um, he, uh, mm. he he thinks the story, I mean, the story is three weeks old by the time Moore, by the time uh uh, Jesse gets into it, and uh, he, he, the editor Danny would like her to do a different story, a new story, a fresh story. And uh, mm-hmm. but uh, Jesse is kind of like she focuses on something, and for a lot of reasons, she decides she wants to go and find out the real story about more Wolf. So they 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 butt heads a little bit at the beginning. But you know, as the book goes on, so one of the things I try and do in this book is show the uh, the office politics in a newsroom. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a couple main characters. There's the there's the city editor, who's uh, an older guy, and then there's Danny Knowlton, who's his deputy, who's a young ambitious guy who wants his job. And then there's a woman managing editor, Lorraine Malinsky, who's also got all sorts of uh, you know issues in terms of like making sure, you know, like nobody takes her job. So it's basically yeah. the three of them all trying to deal with Jesse on the story, but also kind of like playing politics within the office. And, uh, and, I, and, and I mean, that isn't just at the beginning of the book. Um, that carries through in the book. And I, and I did that because, I've, you know, I've lived through that so many times in real newsrooms. I mean, you know, office politics is office politics in any office, and, and, and it's certainly very, very prominent in a big city newsroom. It should be in education. It's even worse. Seriously, right? It's everywhere. Just, just, I did. I went to. I've go, I I spent time in 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 the academic world, and I was surprised that you know the same thing. You know, wherever you go, you find it. You know. Yeah, I know. Trust me, I know. So Moira's father, I didn't like him at all. Just get that straight. Well, that was sort I of the like yeah. That was sort of the idea. <laughs> He's got. Oh my God! He's very powerful. He's cold, and insisted that right. Moira become. A police officer when she really wanted to be something else, which probably was more exciting and a lot safer in the science department. So, yeah. Um, why is he well, so you know, cold? He, and he, it's so sad. Yeah. I don't like yeah, him. Yeah, he's uh, he's um, well, he's like an old-fashioned authoritative father, and yeah. uh, I don't know that he's. You know, you can decide when you read the book if he's a bad guy or not. Uh, he's. Uh, He's kind of, you know, true blue all the way, you know, like the code of the police, his family, and and but he doesn't really, you know, represent feelings. He doesn't really recognize feelings in people, and uh, it's not that he doesn't love Mora, but he, he, you know, he basically, like even after she dies, he's just very upper lip. She did her duty, you know, and all this kind of stuff, rather than showing emotion. And uh, you know, yeah. that's and one of the reasons I wanted to create that character is because. You know, as as uh, as you will know, as as Jesse begins digging into Maura Welsh's past, she begins mm. to discover 
that there's also secrets in the in the Walsh family involving you know other stuff from the past in the family mm-hmm. itself, and and uh, and this may or may not play a role in what happened to Moore Walsh. So uh, to do that, you you have to create. I had to create the the character of the father who was um, on the face of it, you know, Mr. Law and Order, but you know beyond that. It was a sort of emotionless guy, and you and you didn't know what he would be capable of doing uh, to get what he wanted, even even within his own family. Yeah, he did. He reminds me of my mother that said, "You're going to be a teacher, and you have no choice." Right. I really right. didn't have a choice, but that's okay. Right. Well, in the in the book in the book, and you find out very quickly, he had a son and a daughter, and the son dies yeah. tragically early on, and so he decides Mora has to be a cop and. Uh, uh, whether or not died, she yeah. might not have wanted to, you know, it, it's like uh, it, it creates a, 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 a thing. And then, and then, uh, and I'm sure this is going to be one of your next questions. One of one of the reasons that Jessie finds this story so fascinating when she starts getting into it is Jessie herself has a bear. Well, I don't. I want to say a troubled relationship with her with her father. She has no relationship with her father because she never yes, knew her right. father, and she has a lot of questions. And so when she starts reading about everything, uh, reading, finding out everything that happened to uh, Moore Walsh between her and her father. And she actually says at one point, like, I don't know, I thought I was the worst because, like, I, I never could find out, you know, anything about my father. He was gone before I ever knew him. But then she said, but then I read about Moore Walsh and her father. So what's worse, having no father or a bad father? You know, but so she, she, she bonds very quickly with the Moore Walsh mm-hmm. character, you know, the dead character and mm-hmm. begins to show a great deal of sympathy and compassion for what she's gone through, mainly because uh, she herself has had such difficult issues with uh, dealing with her own father, even though they're completely different uh, kind of issues. Well, wait till they read the book. That's all I'm going to say. That I hope was so, a, that, yeah. was a, <laughs> that was a shocker, yeah. I said, oh, my God, Really? So Michelle Cardona worked with her. How come she agrees to help her find information? Because I guess the hardest thing to be with a reporter is to have sources in the police department or sources even in under your own uh, newspaper. So how come yeah. she agrees to help her? Well, because they you know they work on the same paper and they sit next to it. You know, reporters do have you do have a camaraderie, especially you know if you work on your paper, you're a team. Uh, but yeah. uh, but uh, uh, I mean uh, uh, the Michelle. Cordana uh, character, Cordana character like is, uh, yeah, she she's um, she's like I, I you know, and again I've known a lot of people, men and women like this. She's a very ambitious uh, uh, kind of like I'll do anything to get a story kind of well, you know, much more so than even Jesse'll do it, but Jesse's much more responsible. Michelle'll do like mm-hmm. almost anything to get a story. And uh, and part of that involves, uh, and this and this is why uh, Jesse begins relying later on more on her as the book goes on. Part of that involves that uh, she uh, she's even like like made friends with people in the mob, mobsters and stuff. Uh, Michelle has, and at some point when uh, yeah, I when, saw that. Uh, that was Jesse good. begins when Jesse begins to suspect that there's like mob involvement possibly in all this, uh, she goes to uh, Michelle and Michelle helps. You know, takes her to a uh, a mob restaurant and introduces her to people and helps her get, you know, an interview and stuff like that. But you know, I mean, I mean, reporters are competitive for the story. But if you work on the same mm-hmm. paper, you're also working together. And 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 you know, they have a. I, they're not. I mean, I don't know that Jesse and Michelle are like friend friends because uh, Jesse has friends. But uh, but they're but they're certainly friends at the paper. They get along. And uh, Michelle like just you know. 
goes out of her way to help Jesse. Okay, now we're going to get to, this was interesting. Her partner is Billy Renfro, and we yeah. learned that uh, he looked at Morris' death, and he blames himself for the death because he didn't, he was there for an hour getting pizza. Yeah. He went yeah, to a pizza yeah. place, and yeah. you're not supposed to leave your partner like that. So yeah. he feels guilty. Yeah. How come? What He did something wrong, right? He didn't follow the protocol. Well, I mean, again, yeah, I mean, again, how to find out what he, you know, how, how badly he did anything wrong, you know, you, you yeah, have to, no. <laughs> to read the book. But but yeah. basically, um, yeah, I set up, you know, one, one of the things I try and do in these in all my books is, you know, you set up a lot of questions at the beginning, and then, and then she tries to find answers. One of the questions at the beginning is, uh, 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 why? Why was she? Where was her partner when she was killed? And the answer is, they had taken a, a like a quote dinner break. So they had yeah. gone to this pizza place, and he had gone in. He'd ordered a pizza, and then he came back. And supposedly he didn't see her, and he ate some pizza, and then he finally went looking for her. Anyway, the whole thing took an hour. Now, you know, I I I, I basically just, I mean, on the face of it, there's nothing terribly wrong on that. But you know, this idea that. If your if your partner is out of your sight or you don't know where they are, you you really need to find out where they are in a hurry, and you shouldn't have waited an hour. And uh, so that's the first that begins the first questions that uh, uh, Jesse has is to is there more going on here? Why why did it take him so long before he even started looking for it? Did he know did he know something or know what she was doing or anything? And so these are all the these are all the uh, these are all the questions that I raise, and then um, and then you know obviously get answered at, at different points uh, during the thing. But I but you know one of the things is the, the you know and you know this from every movie and TV show you see about police uh, the bond between partners is a is a very strong one on many levels, and and it certainly was between her and Billy Renfo, and and he's um, so you don't know exactly if he had any and I mean I mean. Not necessarily that he would have involvement in her death, but that he knew something that he's not telling that, mm-hmm. that led to it. You don't know that for sure, but what you do know is he's he's guilty about something, and Jesse's not sure about what, but he's very mm-hmm. uncomfortable when he talks about it, and she's convinced that he's not telling the entire story, and so you know she she needs to find out how he fits into the the role because as her partner, he would he would have known everything about her. More than anybody. That, that is very true. Now we'll get back to the character I don't like, which is the father. Mm-hmm. This father, he's very the head of a police department or a deputy commissioner, is a very powerful man, and right. he manages to get his offices. This is exciting because I'm pretty sure it still exists to do today. The blue wall of silence, and right. they don't they don't give up each other, right? So that's one thing that they're not going to they're not going to uh, not side with Mike Walsh. And why does she want to meet with him? That interview was really bone chilling. Well, when she, she finally does with meet with she him. She wants to meet with him because he's he's the father of more Walsh, and she wants yeah. to find out more about more Walsh. Um, but I mean, I think the I think the, um, the, the so the running question that goes through much of the book is uh, there's real evidence that more Walsh was corrupt, taking payoffs and stuff like that. Yeah. And her father had made a reputation on being Mr. Clean and, and rooting out all corruption. So the the questions that, that you know, that, that keep coming up and, you know, that, you, you know, are not answered really until the end of the book are, number one, yeah. is, 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 is Maura Walsh corrupt? And uh, number two, if she is, is it such an embarrassment to her father 
that he doesn't want anyone to know that he wants to be thought as a hero or in the most in you know worst case scenario could he have killed his own daughter because you know mm. she, she was embarrassing him because he was corrupt you know or could he could he really be corrupt too and could she have been trying to expose his corruption as part of you know there's there, so all these things are playing around and at various points during the book Jesse you know thinks one thing and then thinks another but um you know you're you're never you're never know for sure about Mike Walsh um you know underneath this big cop stuff this hero cop stuff what what is he really all about and and the fact that you don't like him you know makes me pleased as an author because you know <laughs> create a character that uh, is that unlikable then i guess you've sort of done your job well billy benito the the uh what should we call it the partner he calls him sick and wouldn't somebody realize after a few days that no, that no, was Billy, kind Billy, of Billy, odd? Billy, Billy, Billy Renfro. You, you Renfro, Billy, yeah, that's what Billy I'm saying. Billy Renfro, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody, uh, nobody called to see that he was, you know, not. Well, we don't really know that. I don't, there. don't really, don't really know that. Um, don't, I don't really I know. know that. I mean, he called in sick. I mean, sometimes you call in sick every day. You have to call in sick. You can't just say I'm sick for the next week. He I I think yeah. the point is he had come back to work and the and the and the precinct had said to him uh, had had said uh uh they had decided he wasn't ready to come back after his partner was killed and so they gave him, you know, like some sick leave and so he's home and that's that's why uh that's why Jesse decides to go out to his house after she, yeah. after she gets a lot more questions, she realizes that that first interview she has more things to ask him so because he's not at the precinct she goes uh finds his house and goes to his house to try and, and ask those questions so and I, I won't get into more than that but uh you know obviously mm. uh uh obviously he still he, he he has not been able to function well because of what happened to his partner so uh so he's basically home on sick leave I wonder if how many real police officers feel the same way, but I don't think that they're going to well, find there's a lot whatever. of uh, there's a lot of you know you read you well yeah, I mean yeah I know there's an awful lot of you know things go on with police officers in terms of mental mental issues and things I mean you know and more so now these days I can understand why so Peter Ventura he's interesting too he's a good source yeah, of information. Yeah. He's a great, he's a crack up. Peter, crack up Peter Ventura is based on a couple of uh, a couple of real life journalists I knew in my time at uh, the New York really? the New York <laughs> Post. Uh, he's he's basically this colorful old time news guy. I like who, him. Uh, who drinks like a fish, and he he was a big, he was kind of like he's 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 this legendary guy who did a who did a uh, uh, who did a lot of uh, um, who, who broke all sorts of big stories. Would drink all night. Has all sorts of great newspaper stories. Uh, and again, I've 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 worked with people like that, and I you know loved hanging out with them. And that's kind of like what Jessie does. She just loves. She like you know she likes going to a bar with Peter Ventura and and listening to mm-hmm. his stories. But then she leaves at some point because she knows that eventually you know that you know that the drinking will start. And he's now. He's now kind of in the decline, you know. He doesn't break that many stories, and he falls asleep a lot at death. But he's kind of people sort of let him do it because he's kind of a legendary, colorful figure. And yet, he still does know people, and he does have sources. So when she needs something, 
she 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 goes to him for information. And as crazy drunk as he could be, she trusts him. So you know that's why that's why that's why I I had that relationship. But I I like I know I love that character because uh, uh, I've known I've just know I've known a few Peter Venturas in my time. I'd like to see him break a story with Jesse just to prove to him everybody he could still do it. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, fine. Oh, I like I'm the sure I like the, the sure I, I like the you know the one that's that, that nobody thinks can handle it anymore. So tell us about I wasn't I, I had mixed feelings about this guy, Lieutenant Detective Aguera. Um, yeah, I, I that's another guy. You should, have, guy. You should, yeah, you should have mixed feelings about him. So that's another one. Oh, good. You see, so, I got this right. Yeah, Very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I um, he's a carryover from my first book. You know, the first Jesse book. So yeah. he he's in the first one, and he's the guy she goes head to head with uh, in the first book. And uh, uh, he's uh he's another. You know, he's a young young up and coming police lieutenant, very ambitious and. Uh, uh, he's a he's a bit of a, a player, you know. In the first book, he's hitting on Jesse and calling her, you know, making kind of sexist remarks to her. And he's, you know, he's a kind of a mm. like not a, you know, like an overbearing guy who's kind of very good looking and very successful and knows it dresses well. But he, you know, we find out in the first book he's also a good cop. And at the end of the first book, uh, you know, he helps basically. At, at one point in the first book, he saves Jesse's life. So, uh, so you know, mm. she actually, when she has to go back to him in this book, she actually does make the line where she says, she says, you know, I really detest, I, I really detest a Gary, you know, da da da. I hate everything. He's everything I can't stand in a man, da da da. But he did save my life, so there, you know, so there is that in his favor. So she always has this balance with him, and I, I think, you know, I think as he's come out in the in the second book, I think his good points outweigh his bad points. But he's, you know, he's mm-hmm. a He's uh he, he and and they have they have somehow created a relationship with, for what it is, um, so he's not her favorite person, but um, but she I think she respects what he what he can do as a police officer, and they basically have utilized each other in both books. Now she decides that she's going to. Um take over she's going to backtrack every place that Moira went to on her last night she goes yeah, to every yeah. single every single bar every single place and she finds out some very interesting information as she's right. going and then and she, she also meets, and she also meets a love interest along the way <laughs> i yeah i know i you know i i was you know had a question mark and you know, in order for Jesse to go out with this guy, if she does decide to go, she's got to pass what my sister did to me, which is the clipboard test. Everybody I went out with had to pass my sister's clipboard test to see if they passed the pass inspection. So mm-hmm. wait, wait till my nephews decide to have a girlfriend. They're gonna have to pass the clipboard test. So Jesse, <laughs> this person has to pass my clipboard test. So she decides to to follow everywhere that she went, and she meets this this guy, which is interesting. So how does she compile her facts? And she went into these places, and that's where she finds out that she thinks that she, that more is corrupt, right? Mm-hmm. Right, she right. So she goes to yeah. she goes to a lot of uh, you know she goes she goes she digs deeper into the record. I mean, uh, on the face of it, Maura Walsh and and her partner had made like five or six routine stops yeah. uh, at uh, on on that night. But then when uh, Jesse looks into them and starts talking to people, you know, like like one of them is at a strip club and the manager is telling 
it says, oh, she was here to, you know, because we had a fight and we just had to call the cops or something. But then one of the strippers tells Jesse, no, that's not what it, you know, like the other stuff was, go, you know, what was going on. So she she begins to get uh, a real picture of things that were going on in those nights, mm. including, you know, put, potentially corrupt uh, activities by, by Jesse. And at the last place she stops, the manager of the restaurant turns out to be a young, good-looking guy who starts hitting on her and then... Um, so he becomes a key character through the rest of the book because she's going back and forth between um, wanting to have a romance with him, uh, but also like questioning his role in everything because he's he's running a restaurant and he's, is he mobbed up? What what does he know? What is he you know is he involved? And he he, he begins to suspect that he's mm. is he using her? But he's a so he's a he's a kind of a key character, but also uh, her big love interest, uh, you know, all through the book and 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 you know and right 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 till the very end. I know, and I wasn't sure about him, but she really and I be and by the way by the way I I don't know if you noticed, but I for whatever reason I had him because I I I enjoy doing this. I uh, he, he's a ma- restaurant manager, but I also had him as an aspiring novelist. And he talks about trying to write novels and Hemingway and all this. So, because I kind of thought that, um, you know, uh, as you say, whether or not he's likable. To me, that made him more likable because he was kind of like a, a dreamer. Like he wanted to do something great. He wanted to write a great novel. So, well, uh, if he so likes those particular authors, yes, we'll yeah, let him so stay meantime, for a while anyway. In the meantime, he's in the meantime he's running <laughs> a a restaurant. But anyway, uh, yeah. So I he said he's a. I think he's a somewhat complex uh, figure too, and he's another person that, as the book goes on, uh, you're, I, mean, I would say you, you know you're not sure whether he's good or bad. Yeah. As the book goes on, you're not sure whether he's good or bad for Jesse, and you're not sure whether he's good and bad in general. Um, but I mean, uh, look, I you know I've, I say this all the time, but it's like I think um, when I, when you're writing characters as an as an author, I know in books that I read that I like, and when I try and write them. You know, it's it's important that the, the the characters all be flawed. That you know that you know it's like it's fine to have somebody who's a really good person or somebody who's a really evil person, uh, but mm. most of the characters they, they they need to be that sort of in between. You know, like most of us are. You know, well, you know, they got good character, that good sides, bad sides. You know, and and that you're never and that you're never and even the mob guy in this, the, the mob guy kind of kind of plays this idea at first that he always oh, a man of the people and he's like a businessman but then you know as the book as Jesse gets deeper she sees who this guy really is um so uh yeah it, 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 that, I think it's a good idea like I think it's a good thing when you read the characters and you're saying things like I think I like that person I don't think I like that person you know I'm not sure um but I try not to make most of them, other than maybe a mobster or something, try not to make most of them too too um, too black and white. No, they weren't. So we have the, the private detective, Wallison, that claims that he knows who killed uh, Moira. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah, that poor guy. And then she gets all the facts, right? She has her own nightmares about what happened to her. She gets all the mm. facts, so she doesn't want to release the story, even though Danny tells her to. Why was she uncomfortable? Because she's got scruples. She definitely yeah, has moral scruples. I think uh, because she's she knows by doing so she's going to smear Maura Walsh's memory, you know, and 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 yeah, um, and uh, I think there's a part of her that. Um, 
that identifies with Moore Walsh, who she's ne- never met, but sort of identifies so strongly with her that she feels compassion. But I think also she, she's her reporter instinct tells her there's still something missing from the story. She doesn't have the whole story. And until she gets the whole story, she's not prepared to smear this woman's reputation. Now, someone like Danny uh, Knowlton is like he's, he's, he doesn't have that kind of, you know, you know humanity. He's just basically, oh, let's get the good story. Uh, and Jesse can do that too, but she also, like, she cares. So, so there's, a, there's an ongoing back and forth between all the, the editors and Jesse as to w- what to do. And one of the things that Jesse does in this book as well as the other book, which is not terribly realistic because most reporters wouldn't do it, and if they did, they'd get fired, which is she doesn't tell her editors everything. She withholds evidence yeah. from them, you know. Uh, now, mm-hmm. if I was an editor for years, you know, at the Daily News and the Post, if a, if a reporter did that to me, you'd probably fire them. But, you know, in terms of a novel, it's, it, it makes it more interesting. So uh, she, she, she holds stuff back, and then at a, at a, at a certain moment she'll, she'll reveal that to the editor and say, well, actually, I know this. And then sometimes they'll say, well, how long have you known that for? You know, and, he'll, and then she'll either lie or she'll, you know, or she'll admit it. But... Uh, um, so th- th- that's where you get back into the whole office politics of all this. That's why I liked her, because she's had horrible scruples. But so what if you get in trouble for not telling just yet? So then she we find out about something else. We meet Greg Stoffel. I'm not crazy about him either. And right. Chief Palumbo. Well, there are two of them. Um, he has a relationship with Chief Palumbo, and why the chief's son has this position. But she finds out about Patrick Walsh. Yeah, this is. I'm sure this would get very complicated for anybody, you know, listening yeah. to it. But hopefully, when you read when you read the book, it kind of it you flows, gotta read the book. It flows really naturally. Good. Yeah, but um, one of the, one of the at some point while she's um, investigating Maura Walsh's death, she discovers that the um, that her father Mike Walsh had a son who died at like uh, like yeah. as, a, as a young boy at their home in upstate New York in a tragic gun accident. And um, and uh, uh, for some reason, at first, this doesn't seem like it would be relevant in any way. But at some point, she it keeps sort of popping up, and she begins mm-hmm. to like decide well to look into that, you know, because it's like you had two people who died with by gun by gun, both more on the streets and this little kid, uh, whatever, 15 years earlier. And as she begins looking into the death of this little boy, which is not considered suspicious just a terrible tragedy he finds his father's gun in a closet and accidentally goes off and kills him it's just a tragedy um but then she begins getting more questions about what actually happened to the little boy and is there more to that story and um so the two people you talked about the chief of police at the time in the small town where the boy died is named palumbo mm. and the and stovall was his deputy and the Palumbo guy is now dead. Stovall is now moved and doing something else. But so she goes back to this uh, uh, deputy Stovall, who investigated the original case of the little brother who died 15 years earlier. Uh, again, just not knowing exactly what she's looking for, but trying to determine if there's any possible connection between that. And she, at some point, she discovers or decides that there is. And then she has to figure out exactly why that would be. And uh, so she, she, the only living 
person from that investigation that she has in the beginning is this Deputy Stovall. And uh, so she interviews him once, and he and he gets a very convincing story. And then, like with all the things she does, she winds up getting more facts, and then she realizes that some of the things she was told by him uh, don't, don't hold up, so she needs to go back to him again. And, you know, I mean, that's a lot of what being a reporter is. You get facts, you mm-hmm. take them at face value, you investigate further, and then if uh, if the facts don't hold up, you go back and uh, and keep asking questions. And, and that that's kind of what Jesse does <laughs> in all the way through in all the books. She just keeps asking question after question, and, and that's what real reporters do. So that's, that's you know, um, that's, that's one of the things I like to... Uh, I like to convey in the book, but look, I think the I think it's a very I think I I think it's a very complicated plot in the Golden Girl. Mm-hmm. But I mean to to not scare anyone away who's reading it. I think when you're reading it, it does it's not that complicated. I mean, I think it's complicated. It's got a lot of twists, but um, I think uh, I think when you read it, uh, I think it's uh, I I think it I think one thing flows all right from another. One of the greatest compliments I got from some. Uh, a critic on this one from uh, uh, on on, uh, on Goodreads or NetGalley or something was somebody said you know it sound it flows so well that it sounded like like uh, uh, Dana Perry or me Dana Perry literally sat down at the computer and didn't get up until the book was finished and you know because that's what you want to do I mean I'm not trying to I mean I've read novels mm-hmm. that are complicated and you're talking about, well, now what happened who I got to go back and find that so I try and I try and I try that everything makes sense. But it's not a straight line, you know. I don't. I'm not going from A to A to Z directly. I'm making a lot of uh, making a lot of detours along the way. Well, definitely, that's the truth. And to give you another compliment, seriously, uh, I'm a reading specialist, so I've always worked with kids when they have a you know complex plot with the graphic organizer to get them you know the main idea, the details, the characters. I didn't have to do that with this. I just sat down and read it. Yeah, yeah. No, I've even 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 with because you know I I when I write books I cr- I try and write the kind of book that um, that I like to read and and so if there's yeah. something in books that I that I read that I don't like I try and avoid that because I mean I and I have read and even by some really good authors and there's some really good books um, they sometimes can get so complex that I literally will uh-huh. you know you have to go back and you say well, wait a minute wait a minute now now who was that again what, what why is that there. Um, and, uh, and so when I'm, when I'm, uh, when I'm writing my books, I try and, uh, I try, I try my best to, uh, avoid that. And, you know, and one of the ways you can do that, and you can overdo this too, is, is, um, because it's a first person character in, 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 yeah. uh, in Jesse, um, you know, there, there are various points during the book where she will basically rehash in her mind what she knows. Okay, mm-hmm. or to a yeah. boss, she said, okay, here's what we know so far. We know Maura Walsh did this. We know her father did this. We know her partner did this. And and now you can run into a danger there of being too repetitive, but I, I like that idea because I think, you know, it's 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 the way a person thinks. Like you, you, you compile a bunch of fat. You say you go out and you're trying to find something. You go, okay. Now what do I know? Okay, I know this. I know this. I know this. So you put it in a logical thing, and um, so I, I I do do that a lot through the through the book, so that hopefully the the readers. Um, um, and again, I don't I don't get you know I get I've gotten complaints about the books or people don't, but um, I don't get many people who say oh like I had no idea what was going on you know and I so I really oh, I really try and, I try and work on that. I wouldn't worry about that. If they don't, they need to go back to school and get some reading comprehension, <laughs> seriously. No, seriously. As a matter yeah, of fact, yeah. um, 
My my uncle's ninety nine. He is reading the last scoop because I sent. I know him. you told me. That's great. That's yes, great. he does. Uncle Thank Len you. is probably going to call me and discuss it because he does, and he's also reading um, the Peter May book. If you haven't read Lockdown, you, you scared it to. It's fantastic about the a real pandemic. Done. It's it's. Uh, absolutely I don't want to read. I don't. I'm not interested in reading about pandemic. I know people do in watching uh, movies, but I have I enough real life twice. issues. Yeah, I don't need to. You know, it, what happens is that I get some books and I don't know. And then, like you said, some books have so many plots. Well, there were three that I read this week that have over 800 pages, and I'm going like, you really reading this and understanding it? Yep, I do. <laughs> we try. Yeah, yeah, so we've yeah. got a um, couple of characters that are kind of like question marks. We have about 19 minutes. Um, Billy's wife is kind of strange. Yeah, and Moira's mother I, is awful. She's a little weird too. Yeah, but yeah, when you find yeah. out well, about her, I felt so bad for her because I liked her. Well, if you sort of. but think about this though, you know, like if yeah, you've already She's talked married about to how Mike. much you don't like right. You don't like this autocratic police guy. So what's his wife going to be like? Well, clearly she's got to be, yeah. uh, you know, like really emotionally, you know, a mess based on everything. And uh, the yeah. wife of, yeah, the wife of the Billy Ranfield character is a kind of over the top. Look, I, you know, when you're creating characters, um, again, you know, you you don't want to create a dull character. You don't want to create a character that's just, she's not dull. oh, she's a very nice woman and she, she she does everything fine and, you know, that's not very interesting. So, like, so the the, the Billy uh, Renfro, who's the partner, the troubled partner of uh, Moore Walsh, when she finds the wife, you, you discover that the wife has uh, has left the partner, has left Billy Renfro, and she's kind of trying to build this whole whole new life for herself with a new hairdo yeah. and new nails and new and new friends and a new apartment and she and she's like really into being uh and and you know but she's kind of she's kind of phony but she's kind of like you know I'm you know and she's mouthing all these platitudes and you know I just like I say I like creating characters like that who are just uh who are just kind of larger than life you know um and and that's mm-hmm. something that's a big part of when I'm writing a book that I need to do. You know, I need to, and 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 the other. Not only do you need that character, uh, and that's the same as like the detective, the Frank Walton, who's a who's a you know kind of down and dirty PI. Not only do you need those kind of characters, but um, you got to make sure they're different too, because you don't want you don't want a character like um, Billy Renfro's wife, who's trying to do all this uh, stuff of become become her own woman and all this stuff at the age of in her 50s and kind of making a fool of herself but still not realizing it you know, if you got that character you, you know you can't have another character the same way you know if you got one peter ventura who's a fallen down mm-hmm. drunk in the office you can't have two so uh so that's why like i do like michelle caradona who's like this ambitious young reporter and then peter ventura who's this you know down and out experienced reporter um, and you've got Danny Knowlton, who's an ambitious editor, and then the city editor um, is not ambitious at all. He just wants to get through the day alive. Um, so that, when, when I'm writing a book, that is it's such a huge part of what you do. You're trying to create mm-hmm. – you've got the main character, but you, to get the people around her uh, is really is really important and, and, and is really uh, – uh, Sometimes can be uh, difficult to do, but I, I, the, the, like I say, the greatest pleasure of that is whenever one of these characters are coming up, you are saying to me, "I don't like him. I like him. I'm not sure about him." And that's, <laughs> like I said, that's exactly, that is exactly, you know, the, uh, 
That is the exact emotion that, you know, and, and I've told you this before. I mean, there's nothing better than getting emotion from a reader. And it doesn't have to be, oh, I yeah. love Claire, I love Jesse. And back with my Claire series, I, 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 somebody wrote a review. Somebody I actually knew, but another author, and he wrote a review, and he said at the very end, he said, you know, something to the effect of, I love, you know, I love, on one hand, I love Claire, but on the other hand, she makes me so mad. There are times I just want to take her and throttle her and tell her to shut yeah. up, you know, and, you know, and getting mad at her. And I remember I read that, and I said, oh, my God, that that is exactly what you want. You know, you want people to be mad at the character, to, to you know, get pissed at the character, to like the character. You know, in the end, you want them to to uh, to to like the character, but... Um, I mean, like you think, I mean, I don't know, I know me, my, in my life, people I know, friends and stuff, you know, uh, most of the people you know, you have all sorts of emotions about, oh, they, they, mm-hmm. they annoy me so much when they do that, why do they do that, but they but you still care about them, or you love them, or you like them, you know, very few people are, oh, they're so nice, they're all, they're, they are perfect, you know what I mean, and uh, certainly in a book, you don't want that, because it, it, it wouldn't be very interesting. No, they would put me to sleep, but before I forget... Monday, the Enemy of the Doves author will be on the show. The 24th, we have a panel of five people. We're going to talk about voice in first person. On the 25th, I'm going to brave this. We're going to talk about police reform. We're going to talk about what's being done and what some of these law enforcement officers feel should be done. Should be interesting. Charles Salzberg, Chris Carlson, and Vincent Andre. And he said he's got the scoop. And to end June on the 30th, I thought this was original. Pastor Michael Jones, we're going to talk about how we can, as a people, can get along better, how we can, you know, use a little meditation and prayer, and how we can lift ourselves up in a time of this pandemic to start to smile again. I thought that would be a cool way to end end June. That was just my idea. And there was so much negative going on in the world, I decided I needed to do something positive for everybody. So... Um, this is the character that scared the grandma, and it was, was Benedito. How did you create the scene between him oh. and Jesse? She's a brave child. I mean, that was interesting. Yeah, and then, I wish uh, he's we're going to talk about guy. something else. Yeah, I, like I, I got to tell you, I love, uh, I love, I love writing. You know, and I mean, people might say they're sort of characters or stereotypes of yeah, monsters, like but they are. I mean, I've always loved. I mean, you know, you watch. I mean, everything, you know, it's like, uh, you know, my favorite movies are Goodfellas and you watch The Sopranos and I mean, you know, you know, I mean, all mobsters. And the truth is, I mean, there's a lot of truth to that, um, which is that um, and, and, you know, this idea, too, that um, uh, and and, and this character is similar to um, to somebody in Goodfellas or, or 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 The Godfather or or Tony Soprano, which is on the face of it, they can be, they can be very charming, you know, I mean, it's like nobody, mm-hmm. most, it's not like somebody walks in with a gun and say, you know, like shoots on, on the face of it, um, you know, it, you know, like in this case, he helps, uh, he'd help Michelle uh, get an apartment, you know, because she needed one, and he, they, he provides like really great Italian food and all that stuff, and you sort of think, well, this guy's, you know, this guy's, uh, this, this guy's, you know, and I, I mean, this also goes back to the, um, you know, to the real life days in, in Brooklyn of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of, 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 of John Gallo, uh, you know, he, he was every, everybody in the neighborhood thought he was this great guy because he did all these wonderful things, he helped children and all that stuff, but you don't, uh, 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 you just don't know, um, uh, you just don't know what's going on behind, uh, uh, you know, 
behind the scenes, you know. So um, it's it's uh, it's fun to write those kind of characters, and uh, and so that's what uh, Benito is. And uh, in the end, you see his yeah. And there's a well, there's two confrontations uh, 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 between them. Uh, one of which is verbal, which is scary, and then there's an actual confrontation, which is obviously a lot even scarier. Where you really find yeah, out, you know, what a what a what a what a what a what a what a, what a, what a you know terrible guy this uh, he was, you know, so or he is. Well, before before we yeah. end, and, and I said I'm sorry, I said John Gotti. I meant John Gotti, you know, like uh, uh, you know, uh, and again, you know, if you ever read any of the stories about Gotti, you know, I mean, charming. Yeah, you know, I know. You know, Mister, you know, you know, Mister Celebrity around time. I mean, I saw him once in a. Uh, in a restaurant, and uh, and he was holding, you know, and I was in a restaurant where he was in Little Italy, and it was amazing. It was like a movie star, you know, and then and then you read about some of the stuff that actually happened, and it's a whole other thing. And so that that's you know, but I mean, again, all you have to do is watch uh, Tony Soprano. I mean, you know, I mean, he's a Tony Soprano's a likable guy, and yet he's a horrible killer, you know, on television, you know, and uh, uh, so I find I find uh, those kind of people are really really fun interesting to write about and and i don't want to say easy but they're actually a lot easier than a lot of characters because you know they're just there's so much to draw on well i worked in a bowling center and i won't tell you which ones i've met i met a whole lot of them and um they belong to leagues and stuff and i was really careful <laughs> yeah, with, with, yeah with anything that had to be they, they loved me but you know you had to be really careful and i yeah. said oh my god i didn't realize that who they were but i didn't care so we have two more characters. We've got to get into Wendy Carruthers because she hooks up with Wendy because she wants to learn about her past. Yeah. And then yeah. she learns about Sam Rawlings, and she said um, she gets she gets to know him, but she gets to think something else about him too. Yeah. So, well, um, so so, I mean, again, there's there's for someone who hasn't read the book, I mean this. You know, this this may seem yeah. overwhelming. Like, oh my God, how many plots are there in there? But it's you know, it it it, it does. There is a there is a, a a a pretty straight line to it all. Um, you know, one of the the B plot, I guess you would call it, the subplot of the book is Jessie is trying to find out about her own father. Now her, yeah, she she was raised by her mother, never knew her father, and the story that is that she'd always been told is that her father, uh, like you know, went out to the store or something like when she was first brought back from the hospital and never came back. And, uh, and she never knew, never knew what happened to him. And she was raised by her mother and her mother, and she had all sorts of issues. And she always, you know, felt the loss of not having a father and she'd never really looked into it. And because of all these things that are going on now with, um, with, uh, with more Walsh and her father, she, she's kind of motivated. So she decides she really wants to find out about her father. So what she does is, and, and this was something I became interested because I had read, uh, I had read another book. I'd read another series by an author friend of mine about it. And it kind mm-hmm. of inspired me. Well, I could get a subplot, uh, about, you know, the whole genealogy, thing, you know, the whole thing of where people go mm-hmm. on, online and, and do all the, uh, and do all the, you know, you can go back into your ancestry and all that stuff and all these services. And, um, you know, one of the things I found out is that apart from just doing that stuff, there are there are actually people who do this for a living. I mean, you can actually mm-hmm. go and get a uh, an investigator who will look into your family past, and that's what Wendy Carruthers is. And uh, so uh, 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 Jesse goes to her, 
and uh, wants to see, uh, find out what happened to her father uh, 30 some years ago or whatever when, you know, when he walked out on, on her when she was just a little baby. And obviously that's a traumatic thing. And um, of course, you know, I don't, I'm probably not going to surprise anyone, but the answers Wendy Carruthers comes back with about the father are not the answers that Jesse expected. And uh, that kind of stuns her even more and motivates her more into finding out the truth about her father. So this is all going on at the same time as she's doing the, um, as she's doing the Moore Wall story. But, uh, you know, the, 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 the common bond is they're both, they both had troubled or non-existent relationships with their father. And so in addition to getting answers about Moore Walsh, uh, Jesse is motivated to get answers about her own father before the end of the book. Well, my mother-in-law died. We did a due diligence. It cost a fortune. I don't know why my brother-in-law's executor decided to do that. I found the relatives I didn't even know were alive ever. Never heard of them. And you know what happens? They come. They creep out of the woodwork because yeah, actually yeah. they have to. She had this investigator. It cost about ten thousand dollars to do this out of the money. And she went and she called all these people to tell them that my mother-in-law died. And ten of them called me to find out if they could get something from her estate. I hung up on them. Yeah. I, I, yeah, this this is what happened. I mean, you don't know them, and that's it's scary. So before we end, the pieces of the murders come together, and we find out more about uh, Patrick and a whole bunch of stuff. So how did you create get it all to come together uh, between Moira's death and Patrick's death and everything? How did you <laughs> tie it up? Because that that was that was hard. Before we find well, out I, what I, you're going to do to my Jesse yeah, next. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I mean that's the that is the uh, that is the toughest part. I mean, one of the toughest parts is you know you you know when I'm writing a book like that, I'm ra- I'm raising all these mysteries. I'm raising opening all these questions as I'm yeah. writing it, and uh, and then at the end of the book, you know, you have to tie them together. I mean, not the only author who's done this. And as I'm raising the questions, you know, I I you know I always I. I've told you the story. I was on a panel with uh, Hank Felipe Ryan a, a year or two ago mm-hmm. about Jacana. We were talking about that because she writes the same way, and she's like, "Yeah, I ask all." This. And then at some point, I'm like, "Like, I I have no idea, you know, like how I'm gonna, you know, and I'm never gonna be able to come up with, you know." And then you do, and that's kind of the way, yeah. exactly the same way I write. Uh, and one of one of the things I think that helped me with this book is because um, so this book is put out by uh, uh, Bookature, which is a big. Um, uh, uh, online publishing company or in the audio, it's out in online audio. It is in mm-hmm. paperback too, but mostly online and audio. And um, uh, they um, uh, they had put out the first book, the Jesse book, in November. And so they wanted, mm-hmm. you know, this one to come out uh, fairly quickly within five or six months afterward. So to do that, I had like I basically had to write this in a in a four month period. And I think I think I I think I agreed to do it in uh, I think in at the end of May, early June. And I, yeah, I remember. And I had to turn it in, and I had to turn it in uh, by the end of September. So I basically had, you know, normally a book can take a year to write, and uh, and but I and I did this. So by by the nature of it, I was forced to uh, really work intensely on it. I mean, in the sense that every day I had mm-hmm. to keep doing. I couldn't, you know, I wasn't like taking a day off and all of this. I just every day I was just and I think that I think that helps the book because I think that's that, that therefore, mm-hmm. you know, they, they it's just got the focus then. The, the, 
this idea that somebody sits down at a computer and doesn't get up until the book's over. Well, obviously you're not going to do that. But uh, this book was written in a with a, in a very concentrated period and very focused. So, um, yeah. And but but pulling all those all those threads together at the end yeah. is difficult. And you 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 have to walk a fine line between. You can't be unrealistic. You can't like have somebody just come out of left field and say, "Oh, that person did it." Yeah, but at the no. same time, you can't you can't make it obvious. So people are like, "Well, so what's the point?" I sort of knew that. So what you need to do is kind of like drop a hint. You know, the ideal thing is you drop a hint along the way of somebody, and it it's not strong enough that anybody really recognizes it. But but when you know the answer, you go back and oh, that's right. I remember in chapter twelve they said that. You know, so that's that's uh, that's what you uh, you strive to do because you know it, 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 again, th- this book isn't the ending isn't black and white. It is like your your pal Mike Walls who you know. You, it isn't like so. Is he a good guy or a bad guy? Well, by the end of the book, you realize he's a bit of both. You know, he's not. You know, he's. Yeah. It's, it's a little hard to say. It's a little hard to say. Um, and and I don't know other than other than uh, other than uh, Benito, who's the mob guy. Uh, he's a bad guy. But I don't know that any of the other characters in the book, some of many of whom, several of whom, commit serious crimes. But I don't know that any of them are are really bad people. But they're just some people who did some things that were bad. So tell everybody where they could find out more about you and when am I getting another right. Jesse book? Well, they, they they can find out about me at uh, www.rgbelsky.com. So just and so uh I mean I do put, you know, Dana Perry stuff on that website cuz it, it's me as well as myself. Um and uh, there's also a uh, uh Dana Perry uh, Facebook page and there's a Dana Perry author Twitter page, which is in addition, <laughs> which is in mm-hmm. addition to my R.G. Belsky stuff. So, you know, but I mean, there is stuff you know dedicated to the Dana Perry books. And uh, but if you want to know more about me, uh, you can also look up the the R.G. Belsky stuff. I'd also like to just push, as you know, we've done, and you've been great in the past. But um, you know, my my big new book from uh, as R.G. Belsky is The Last Scoop. It's been out about, I guess, about six weeks now, and it comes, it's called, it's a Claire Carlson book, and I've gotten really a lot of great response and attention to that. Um, I think next week, I know you like print copies, but I think next week, I'm thinking it's June 23rd, but somebody can check. It's going to be an Amazon Kindle Daily Deal, which means people can get it for like 99 cents. But, you know, get the hardcover. is beautiful. You know, it's it's actually out in hardcover, and, you know, and and that's uh, terrific. And um, in terms of Dana Perry, I'm I'm just in the process, actually, of uh, signing a deal with Bookature to do two more Dana Perry books that would oh, good. Uh, you know but they're not but they're not written yet I mean they're they would be written in the next year and uh and and would be out uh, I guess uh, I took part of the timing but uh but uh, uh these are actually not and hopefully Jeff there'll be more Jesse the, these are actually going to involve a, a a different character that I've created that we've created and uh so but they will be two more Dana Perry books and uh There'll be more Claire Carlson, but um, so right now, but right now, if you like my writing, 
you know, get the get the uh, get the last scoop with Claire Carlson and grab uh, the Golden Girl with uh, by Dana Perry and the Golden Girl. Again, for people unlike you, like for the, most of the rest of the world these days, uh, Fran, who read it online, uh, the Golden <laughs> Girl is really. Really, really, uh, really, really, uh, really, really uh, cheap online. It's uh, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to say the price because I could be wrong, but it's like just a couple bucks, you know, at most, you know. So uh, no, that's uh, that's it's good. Real they easy. Could read, however, it's real easy. I, I like having the book in front of me so I could write under and underline it. But um, there's about ten people that want the copy I have, and I told them Amazon will be more than happy to send you the sell you the Kindle or get your own copy. Yeah, and yeah, and, and, and also, the, you know, the great thing, and I know you've you've done this, but I mean, you know, also the important thing is, uh, which I tell everybody, because you know, a lot of people, and it's great, and they'll say, oh, I really liked your book, and I'll like say, okay, just put something on Amazon, just post something, because the more yeah. of those you get, and it can be, you know, it can be, it can be two words, it can be a good book, you know, or something, you know, you know, four stars, whatever. It's just um, those those reviews really you know are important in terms of the whatever the logarithms or whatever of the of the of how they do stuff. So uh, you know it's like a lot. Off, I know a lot of people who who tell me they like the book, but it's like hard to convince. You know, like just just put something up. You know, <laughs> just tell the world. You know. <laughs> well, I told the world. It's just that Amazon took a while before they told it that I was great. They think I'm wonderful anyway. Thank God. But I want to yeah. thank you so much for today. Thanks, Everybody, Fran. it's beautiful outside. I know you're going to be on the panel show next week, and if you decide you want to brave it on Thursday, let me know. Because no, it's going I'll to be do interesting. the panel. When, when, is, when is the panel next week? Again, tell me the it's day. It's on, it's on, it's on uh, Wednesday, the 24th at okay. 10 with yeah. Tom Walsh and a few other people. And if you decide you want to do the one on Thursday that's going to brave it, let me know, and I'll be more All than right. happy to have you join All us. All right, Fran. Thank you so and much. Always, have a great always day. Fun, always fun to be on the show. Thanks, Fran. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.